Hello, and welcome to the Southeast Students Podcast. Here you can find all of the teachings from our special series in middle school group and high school group. Our goal as a ministry is to guide young people into a personal relationship with Jesus and train them to become like Him. We pray that these teachings help you to do just that. You're listening to our study through the book of Acts. Grab your Bibles and let's jump in. Acts chapter 2, right after the book of John. Well, we're going to go ahead and just go chapter 2, 1 through 13. Um, actually, I am going to pass off the reading to two leaders tonight. Can I get two volunteers? Maybe one female leader. I don't know. It's really crazy. Just, I think I'll just have the two different sections. So 1 through 4 and then 5 through 13. So... Huh? Yeah? Okay, Amy, if you could read 1 through 4. And then, let's see. Colton, could you read 5 through 13? Yeah. Okay, here we go. When the day Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a noise, like a violent rushing wind, came from heaven. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues that looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves as a tongue resting on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them in the ability to speak out. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to start again? Yep, yep, 5 through 13. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Uh, Parthians and Medes and Elamites mm-hmm. and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Capadocia, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Phrygia. Phrygia? 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 And <laughs> You're totally good, man. This is a difficult section. Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabians, Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, you good? You said 214. Nope. You're good, dude. Don't worry about No, no worries at all. Let's go ahead. I think this is actually kind of a difficult passage. A lot of different opinions on the passage in itself. So I think we just even pray about it before we get in. Lord, right now, just want to come to you. God, we want to divide um, your word correctly. And Lord, I just ask that even through your Holy Spirit tonight, the same spirit that is poured out upon the apostles in this passage, Lord, that your same spirit would speak. And working us tonight, give us clarity as we want to just look in your word. We want to understand more of your character, who you are, and Lord, how you would have us to live. And so we pray all these things in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So tonight, I do think this is a beautiful passage, great spot in scripture. When you look in actually the entirety of the Bible, this is a really big deal in the Bible. And so, um, and we'll, we'll look at that. 
but also it can be kind of divisive within the church. And so being able to kind of talk through that a little bit as well, and what does this look like with the Holy Spirit coming and now moving and working in people's lives, and how sh- should we respond, and how should that look in our own lives? What does it look like to say that the Holy Spirit is working in my life? So I know that there's some backgrounds that would say, hey, if you don't have the gift of tongues, um, then the Holy Spirit's not working in your life. And so it's like, wait, what's going on? And then others would say, no, it's not a big deal and stuff. So being able to actually look at scripture, what does scripture have to say about it? And so I do think it is really amazing, though, that, and this is something that Pastor Doug's brought up many times, that these were just ordinary guys. And they were living very ordinary lives, and all of a sudden Jesus shows up in their life, gives them this calling, and then you see here where the Holy Spirit comes on their life. And all of a sudden, men that had really very little training are able to do things miraculously because God worked into their life. And so I was just thinking about this last week when we went and visited Ecola. There was a young guy named Darian that Elijah actually stayed with, and he stayed in his room. Super cool dude, but I think just with about like three years ago, Darian came to know the Lord, and he was sharing some of his story with me, how um, he was just working at like a Zoomies and doing a lot of pretty heavy drugs and stuff, and he was sharing with me how God had showed up in his life and completely transformed him from the inside out. And you see where... All of a sudden, people who, they were on one trajectory, as soon as God comes into their life, completely changes their course. And so, and I think for these guys, that's the case. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they go from just being fishermen to now, what Jesus says is going to happen. They're going to become fishers of men. And we see that played out in this chapter. So let's get into it. So verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Um, Question, what is Pentecost? Everyone's like, maybe I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm so tired. Yep. You guys can just, it's okay. What do, you, what do you think Pentecost is? You've probably heard it before. Who has heard the word Pentecost? Maybe that's good. We'll start there. Okay, so there's a few of you. What do you think it is? What is Pentecost? What is it not? Elijah. I believe it's like a dinner. A dinner? Actually, there, that is a part of it. That is a part of Pentecost. And so I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, that's that is what we think of in our in our minds. A lot of times, it's like Pentecostals, Pentecostal movement, charismatic movement, and but we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. So, but yeah, what is Pentecost? Maybe even like, what does the Bible have to say about it in original form? Um, I don't actually know the exact day. That's a great question. It is, it is a holiday. And so in, in the Old Testament, it was a holiday all the way through. And so all of a sudden, now God is going to recontextualize a day that they already had. And so um, it's a Jewish holiday, but they didn't call it Pentecost. That's the Greek name. The Jews actually call it the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. And it's mentioned five places in the first five books of the Bible. So after the time of Solomon, this is really interesting. Historically, as a Jew, they read through the book of Ecclesiastes on Pentecost, which I actually find is very interesting um, because Solomon is making observations of life on earth. And he says, like, under the sun, he says this again and again. And it's very, like, fatalistic view. It's almost like this is what a lot of life looks like without God. And now all of a sudden, it's like God's even recontextualizing that and saying this is what it looks like when God in power comes and moves in people's lives and, and changes their lives. I just found that interesting. But it is, it is still like a holiday you'll find in the calendar. So if, 
if you're curious about Pentecost this year, it's June 5th this year, yeah. Pentecost Sunday. Let's celebrate. And so, that's a celebrate good times, come on. Peace yep. weeks. That's what I was saying. Oh, <laughs> Let's get so, so, yeah, and it, like you said, at dinner, it was a feast. Like, it was, there was a celebration going on. And so, um, and then the next part of verse 1. They were all together in one place. You guys are like, why did Josh just sing that? Yeah. Anyways, um, they were all together in one place. What is the location? Where were they at? They're together in one place. They're in one accord. Where are they at? Answer is in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Where are they at? Or at the end Let's go. Jerusalem. With authority. Let's <laughs> just keep it going. So they're, so they're in Jerusalem. Uh, because Jesus had told them to wait there. He said, wait in Jerusalem. Um, the Holy Spirit is going to come, and this is what's going to happen. So moving on, verse 2. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. I don't know exactly what this was like, but it's like tornado in the house, like wigs blowing back. Like that's all I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have seen Lost before, but in Lost there's this like, I think his name is Jacob if I remember right. And every time he shows up at the house, the house like shakes and there's like, and things are just getting crazy. That's kind of what I imagine is happening here. All of a sudden it's like, what's happening? It is interesting how God shows up in different forms. Because when you look like the story of Elijah, he goes on the side of the mountain. Are you guys familiar with this? And so there's like an earthquake and there's a storm and like hail falling and all this stuff. And it says God's not in any of those things. And all of a sudden he's in the still small voice. That's how God shows up. But in this... It's actually, no, it's in contrast. It's like, no, he's showing up in this rushing wind. It's this very dramatic moment. And then verse three, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Okay, so really quick, I have some photos. Dave, can we uh, do tongues of fire? Slide one, please. We might need some assistance. Landing. Oh, hey oh. Okay, so I actually think this one's cool. I would hang this on my wall. Then they want it, but I would. Yep, we could put it in our office. There we go. So when you see this show up in the Bible, all of a sudden, I think you look in Revelation, you look in Ezekiel, you look in all through the Bible, this imagery is explained, and they're like, oh yeah, it's like this angel and their whole body is covered in eyes but they're super beautiful and it's like that sounds terrifying well i think something here as well is like the author um being luke is trying to use the best language he can come up with it's like a tongue of fire so people take this pretty literal so let's go ahead and go to slide two this one actually it's so like it's kind of got an anime vibe i'm okay with it okay so this is this is like and i just want to warn you when it when you're out like potentially in churches through time or if you're going to go do any type of like missionary work this is okay so can we move on to the next one dave there yeah, we go that's, that's oh, so this is actually a purchasable wall art no <laughs> i'm not kidding i i failed this today i was like if I was, I love that it's like above the bed headboard. Some super over spiritual husband's like, honey, we're laid under the tongues of fire tonight. And so this is, so then let's go ahead. Dave, can we move on to this next one? Right here, guys. 
One hour of praying in tongues of fire. It's like a prophet. I'm not trying to slay into this guy at all, but it's like, I feel like this is the stuff that kind of comes up when you start hearing tongues of fire. Huh? Let's not call the number. Let's switch. Switch sides. Can you call that number? And then there's this. Call it Africa. So, tongue of the fire. If you look on the internet, it just it it goes downhill really quick. Okay, Dave, we can just go back. It's still late from here. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Liam was trying to convince me not to show you any of those pictures. So, but it is interesting. All of a sudden, people can read this passage, either get like super literal with it. Or there's just like bizarre things that people try to pull out of it. And I think that when you look at the passage itself, it's actually a lot clearer than we think. And so let's just, we'll keep, we'll keep moving through it. Um, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, was this the first time they were filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Amy saying no. Yeah. Fight, fight. Yes. We Liam, we got a yes. Okay. Okay, here we go. Here's so here's what we have to do. Let's go ahead. Somebody go to John 20, 21 through 22. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Close your Bible. Dude, it's Put it your head. one page away in this Bible. Okay, close your Bible. That's what I said. Guys, guys, we gotta see who can do this the fastest. Okay, above your head. Above your head. Cassie, you can use your phone. I don't think you're gonna win. I think, yep. Okay, here we go. What was the verse again? Ready for this? Here we go. What was the verse? John 20, 21, 22. Go! Stand up, stand up, stand up. Okay. Wait. Liam. Okay. Liam, I'll dare your book load faster. John 20, 20, 21. Yep. Okay, Liam, go for it. All right, uh, 21 and 22. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. As they say in France, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, so did, when was the first time they had the Holy Spirit? Right here. Huh? Right here. Where? Was it Acts or was it John? Oh, wait, wait, rephrase what you just said. Of the was the Which time, when was the first time that the the disciples had the Holy Spirit come upon them? Right here, he breathed the Holy Spirit into them in John. Liam, why don't you think so? I say no. Because Let's it hear it. Okay. Okay. So it seems to be that This is the last night of Liam and Colton's friendship. Yeah, I'm like sorry. <laughs> no, it seems to We be can't agree on the time. Yeah, that Luke is trying to make a point of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for the first time. Because Peter is now preaches this radical sermon, which he couldn't before. And Jesus explicitly told them not to go out in the city, but to wait. And so why would they have to wait for something they already had? That's a good point. Because they weren't filled with it. But they had it. They had it, but they weren't filled with it. Then what's the point you of You can be saved, have the Holy Spirit in you, and not be filled with it. Yes, I agree. Why would you? Let's hear Amy's. Well, that's what I mean. When, when you were asking what Pentecost was before, all I kept thinking is, is heaven came down. That's yeah. when the group as a whole experienced heaven in its full. But I don't feel, 
I feel like there's been relationships that we've seen prior to this that have experienced not only Christ but the leading of the Holy Spirit. Too. True. Yes. I guess I should maybe clarify a little bit. I'm not saying that they didn't have the Holy Spirit before, because the Holy Spirit's in the Old Testament, so obviously yep. he was around. No, but he wasn't but in people. He wasn't no, he in was But here in John, That's what I'm it saying. says Jesus re- gave them the Holy Spirit yes. right here. I know, I know, I know it sounds weird. But then in Acts, it's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It was after his death before he arose that the Holy Spirit came out. Well, it is interesting because then Jesus is like, hey, if I'm here, then the Holy Spirit can't send the Holy Spirit. Spirit The actual Holy Spirit can't be here. I know. He said, I can't send the Holy Spirit until I go. Yeah. Are you guys confused? Is anyone confused? You're like, what? What's going on? Okay, I do have an interesting theory. And this is a Joshism. I'm not going to put this on the Bible. <laughs> but I'm going to say this is my this is my theory. Okay? Because everything in the Bible has to do with one thing. Context. Context. Context, context, context. Okay, so here, I, this is my, my thought. I believe that this is not necessarily Jesus giving them the Holy Spirit. Although, it could be that the Holy Spirit is with them, but not the power upon them. But I actually think this is a promise of the Holy Spirit, because once again, the context. He says in verse 21, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you, he's speaking like this future tense. It will come. Yep, and then he says, then he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Is, it, is he saying he's, they have the Holy Spirit at that moment, or is he saying in the future the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you? And I actually think at that time, he's, he's sending them out, future tense, receive the Holy Spirit, also future tense, because he says, remember, and then somebody brought this up already, Acts 1-4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So I think, yeah, the Holy Spirit, and I'm not like, I'm not like dogmatic, this is the only view. Because there's actually, I didn't realize, there's like six different views on this. And I was reading them all today. On like the timeline and stuff. <laughs> the timeline. Of like when they got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, but that being said, you look all the way back in Jesus' ministry. And he, when he sends them out, you guys remember when he sends them out and he's like. Sends them with the Spirit. Yeah, it's like he sends them yeah. out and all of a sudden they're doing all these miraculous works and everything. 100%. So it's like, which is it? And then you see where there's people getting saved, but they don't even know about the Holy Spirit. And so it's like they have the Holy Spirit somehow inside of them. But then all of a sudden, Paul starts talking about this thing like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, what's going on there? I remember actually the first time I sat in a church, and it was a Calvary Chapel. Actually, Michael Slifkoff's church. He wasn't speaking that morning. But all of a sudden, because I grew up Baptist, guys. We didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. It's like It just wasn't really a big part of the, the conversation. And so all of a sudden, the pastor, Jason Beale, great guy, starts really going on about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, what? Maybe the church is more like a cult than I thought. But then all of a sudden I started looking at the Bible. I was like, no, this is pretty accurate. Because I think what we've seen is where that gets abused and where you see the language of like people getting slain in the spirit and things like that spoken of. And so being able to actually um, look at it correctly, like what is this baptism of the Holy Spirit and how is the Holy Spirit now equipping us for what he's called us to? So anyways, like I said, Joshism, that's my thoughts. That doesn't mean it's just like, is how it has to be. So, verse 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devote men from every nation under heaven. People from all over the world are here. What comes with being, 
with people from different countries. You're around people from different countries. What, what comes with it? Dave, my brother in the back row. Different languages. Wow, Dave. Right there, right there. That's a point to the boys. <laughs> different, different languages. Okay, okay, okay. Different, different languages. So, all of a sudden, and it says, every nation under heaven. What exactly that means is like, are there legitimately like every single language here? And that's kind of what it, it looks like, but we don't know. I mean, exactly all the languages. They actually give a sweet list here in a moment. I did think it was funny. I actually get super nervous with other languages, probably because you know my French. But when, before I went to Haiti, I actually did learn French, and I did like the whole Duolingo thing for months. And I was like learning it, and it's getting it down. I was like, okay, I can ask how to go to the like where to go to the bathroom and stuff, like how to get there, and all these things. Like, what about the food and stuff? I got there deer in the headlights. I was like, what if I offend somebody? What if I tell somebody they're going to hell? What if I just like completely? So I just I just went back to like complete. American digressed. Like, can I go to the bathroom? Like, that's kind of how it, how it came out. And, um, and so, that being said, languages, not my gift. But all of a sudden you see here in this passage where God is able to actually supernaturally intervene in their situation. Um, and then all of a sudden, verse 6, and at this sound, the multitude came together. What was the sound? Do you guys remember Cody. Uh, was it like winds, right? Thank you, Cody. Winds. Yep, it was the winds. Yep. So at the sound, all of a sudden they hear the winds come together. Okay, continue verse 6. And they were bewildered, love that word, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own language? Uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, uh, Cappadocia, we're good, let's go with that, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome. There we go. This is both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So I think this is actually a great spot. Gives a lot of clarity. So I just want to point this out. In verse 4 is the first time speaking in tongues shows up in the whole Bible. Um, what do you guys know about speaking in tongues? It's, a, it's to say like languages, right? Like it's because it looks to another person who doesn't know the language as if they're speaking in tongues. They're not understanding. Totally. Totally. I think that's a huge part of it, for sure. What do you guys know about what have you heard about speaking in tongues? What have you experienced? What have you seen? Cassie? It's a gift. It's like the gift of the Holy Spirit. Totally. So is that why this is like the first time it's mentioned? Yeah, I think so. All of a sudden it's like this miraculous thing happens. A lot of times when Jesus, or I, I apologize, when something new is beginning in the Bible, like all of a sudden things that you don't see show up. And God is like setting the tone of what he's about to do. And so in this moment, it's like all of a sudden people are able to speak they're speaking in tongues. But what have you guys even heard of, like, in the church? And you've just even seen, maybe firsthand, what of speaking in tongues? Colton, you're scratching your ears. Make me think you're raising your hand. Like you look. It's kind of like a silent auction. Yeah, totally. I, uh, Malachi, do you have an actual answer? I bit my tongue once. 
Okay, Dude. anyway. Malachi's looking like the thing over here. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't heard anyone, like, where I can confer, like, I can for sure say they were speaking in tongues, but from just what I've heard and what my dad has talked to me about is that a lot of times when you're actually at, because, like, I know people ask God for the gift of tongues, it's kind of just like a, I don't know, maybe it's a selfish thing, I'm not sure, but when people do it, it's often just by themselves. So I think Paul talks a lot about, or he talks in, is it 1 Corinthians 14? Is that it? Yep. He talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he says, he basically disses on the gift of tongues. He's like, you know what, it doesn't really benefit the church much, because if you don't have anyone to translate it, it's only for the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't need people around for that. So a lot of times when I've heard stories of people speaking in tongues, it's because they're praying mm. and just them at home or whatnot um, in between you and the Lord. And so I think it's shown very differently here in this chapter. It's it's obviously a tool that's being used um, here. Um, but from what I've experienced, it's usually a – I don't want to say it's done properly, but if done properly, it's a, it's a private thing between you and the Lord. Um, because I've also seen where it's like whole churches where everyone's speaking in tongues mm-hmm. and it's clearly very not biblical. It's not biblical. It's huh? it's just like self it, self centered. I don't know if that's a word. But they're it's like they're all showing off speaking in tongues mm-hmm. but no one no, no one's being lifted up like no one's being I can't think of the no word. No one's benefiting from just everyone saying random words that don't mean totally. anything. Yeah, and that's like a, it's a difficult thing because I think people who grew up in that background, it's almost hard to like talk with them through that maybe this isn't beneficial because it's so compounded in like their thinking. Right. And so it is, it is really interesting. Now you look in this passage, I think it's very clear. Um, I did think it was interesting. A couple years ago, Danae and I this is probably five years ago now, actually. We went to a Pentecostal church. The folks were super nice. Very nice people. All of a sudden, service starts. The lady in front of us starts, like, howling and barking. And there's people, like, I mean, it sounded like a carburetor or something. Like, you know, and, and then people were, like, they did that song, Break Every, Tra- Break Every Chain. And there's, like, 25 people on the stage. And then a guy flops on the ground. And he's, like, doing this and then the gal's like howling and I'm like what the heck I'm just a Baptist like this is <laughs> so this this was so so different than what I had yeah very foreign to me and then at the end of it it was like at 11:59, just chaos and then 12 o'clock everyone's like hey how's it going Oh, what you doing later? Barbecue? Oh, that's hot. I'm like, what just, do we all in the same place? Like, I'm all, what, what just yeah, happened? <laughs> there was one song where everyone's like clapping really hard. I started clapping. Today's like, stop clapping. Yeah, so, so, no, but super, like, this whole experience, I'm like, what's going on? Well, I do think it's interesting when you look at this passage. So, verse 4 says, and I think this is the cause. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And then verse 6. So it actually brings it up four times in this chapter. Verse 6. Each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Verse 8. 
How is it that we hear each of us in his own native tongue? Verse 11, we hear them telling in our own tongues. Um, where do you see the chaos here? I think it would be the, really the question. Mm. You know, I don't see it. It actually seems pretty organized. Like people are able to see what's happening and it's with clarity. They're hearing in their own language, in their own tongue. Now, Liam, what did you ask me earlier before we started? I don't know. I'd ask you a lot of things. You're asking me about, like, Stephen has a thought. Oh, you're saying that it seems very orderly, but to everyone that was in that group, because the outsiders that were looking, I thought that they were crazy. Well, actually, but some do, but I'll, I'll, we'll walk through that at the end. Because it says that some are mocking, yeah. but that, that's a good point. But then some are saying, just what's going on? Right. What, what's happening here? Because I do think it's interesting, and it gets later on the passage, um, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Not everyone. It's like there's two groups. One just instantly starts mocking. It's like a hardness of heart. And the others say, what is happening? What's God doing? So I think there's, a, there's actually a good application for us even in seeing this. But I do think it's, it's, there's a lot of order in what God's doing. So here's what Paul says about tongues in the church. 1 Corinthians uh, 14, and Colton alluded to it. And I'll just read this, 26. Um, look at this. See? <laughs> what then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hem, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two, or at the most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but right here, but a God of peace, but of peace. I think right here, just even... Paul's saying it's not confusion, it's not chaos, but it's actually peace. There's clarity in what's happening. And a couple years ago, Danae and I were at a conference. It's really sweet. And afterwards, we're all praying together. We're in a group, very small group of us. And one of the guys is like, I, I feel like God is calling me to speak in this tongue. But he's like, I feel really weird to do it. But he's like, I want to be also obedient if God's called me out into this. And so he did it. He sp spoke something. And then like 30 seconds later, a lady says, I, I really feel like I have an interpretation of that tongue. And then she walked through like what was said. Like only the Lord knows, truly. But I will say it was very orderly and it's actually really beautiful because the prayer itself was actually, I think, a big exhortation. And it was very edifying to everyone that was in that space. It wasn't this chaos. It wasn't anything like that. But Paul even says, he wishes that everyone would speak in tongues as he did while praying. So it's like while you're praying by yourself, it might feel weird. I'm not saying that you have to do this, but I think there can be actually a beauty in it. It's like there's an intimacy in talking with God and sometimes being like, God, I don't even know what to say, but I know that you can understand my heart and I can speak into something or I can speak to you, God, and you can understand what's happening. But that being said, Paul actually says, if it's chaos and everyone's just speaking in tongues in the room, and it's funny, he says, and a non-believer walks in, they're going to think you are all crazy. He's, Paul says that. And he says, but if people are prophesying the truth, it will lead them to repentance and they will see the glory of God. And so it's like, there is something to be said. Paul gives actually pretty specific instructions on what we should be doing around this subject. 
So this is. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's not self-seeking. Totally. It's, it's environmentally for sound. Like yeah. It, it includes everybody that's part of it. Totally. Not just one person. Totally. Well, I think also when it's just the chaos is like, it it actually adds confusion. What's happening? It's this crazy thing. But that's not what God's doing through this moment. It's actually bringing clarity for people who are hearing it. It is interesting. We were actually in this passage last night um, with the rest of the church for the Wednesday study. In Genesis 11, the people decide to build this tower and attempts to reach heaven. Um, God commanded them to go out and multiply on the earth, but in their pride, they decide to build up instead. So what does God do? He brings confusion to the people to break down their pride. And he and it's that's the moment when, and we know it now, it's like the Tower of Babel. All of a sudden they babble because they can't understand each other. They're waking up and it's like, wait, all, God does something miraculous to actually confuse them and say, no, because of your pride, now I'm going to spread you out all over the earth. Reason being is really interesting. They say, let us make a name for ourselves. That's a lot of it. It's in their pride. It's like they're 100%. It's self-seeking. Let us make a name for ourselves. God's like, you want to make a name for yourself? Stir it all up. And then you can't make a name for yourself. You can't. So this moment, all of a sudden, when we see this is directly to point the mighty works of God, the glory of God, people talk about this passage as actually being unbabble. All of a sudden, God, thousands of years before, had confused the languages miraculously. Now, thousands of years later, God actually brings clarity and people are able to hear in their own language again for people who are not from the same nation, not from the same area. So it's really, there's this beautiful thing. You see unity of what God is doing in people's lives. So verse 12, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. And I do think, and you brought up a good point, Stephen. The response, first group, God, what are you doing? And what are you trying to teach me? What does this mean? What's going on here? But others immediately, I mean, it doesn't take long. All of a sudden the mockers come out. Uh, they're just filled with wine. These guys are drunk. Paul gives, I mean, not, not Paul, Peter gives clarity to this, in the, and I don't want to give away the punchline for next week. But I do ask for us tonight, I think sometimes I can be cynical. God, you don't work in that way. God, your Holy Spirit doesn't do this. God, you're not going to do it that way. I do hold to what we've been talking about tonight, like God working in clarity, and there's a, a, there's a level of order and healthy order. But at the same time, I had this friend, his name was Mike, loved Mike. Guys, came from Mike came from like a super charismatic background and he said some crazy stuff every once in a while I'll be honest but what I loved about Mike is that he was always ready to see God do something amazing and so every time I hung out with Mike he was ready to see God do a miracle and I remember praying like God help me to be more like Mike and so this all being said I'm not saying freak out or like distance yourself or anything like that. If people are, have different views or there, this could be even an opportunity as you get to know people to maybe help point them to this, towards the truth. But that all being said, I do love seeing what God is doing and how he's using other people as well. And so asking yourself even tonight, like, God, what do you want to teach me? Am I part of that first group that wants to learn and be taught? Or am I part of the second group that's like very hardness of heart and like, I'm just going to mock what God's doing. And I think we can very quickly fall into that camp and not want to join in the work that he's doing if we're not being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, that, before we conclude, do you guys have any thoughts or questions about tongues and gifts of the Spirit, anything like that before we... What are tongues? What are tongues? I hear, I hear it all the time. Is it just out of another language? Totally. I would say... Or that's no. just like... Yeah. 
In, no, in this passage, it's 100% different languages. So that they list all the different languages, which is really helpful. There's 13 different ones represented that we know are listed so here. Yeah, they're speaking a specific language. But it also is like, okay, during someone's prayer, if they're praying just them and the Lord, like in a very intimate setting, no one else is around, does that mean that it's necessarily another language? I don't know. I don't know if it's gibberish. I couldn't say, because Paul doesn't give, he says that that's between you and the Lord in, in 14. But yeah, tongues would be in like a context of, okay, if this is going to happen where Paul walks through people speaking in tongues and then interpretations happening, it would be a different language. And so, yeah, but good question. Do you guys have any other thoughts about this or questions? Is this something you would encourage other people to like strive to have as a spiritual gift or something? To speak in tongues? Yeah. I don't think it's bad. Not at all. But that being said, I don't think it's something that, because uh, Paul even says um, prophesying is more totally. more beneficial. Right. And so he says, I would rather the people prophesy than speak in tongues. Um, but he doesn't say don't speak in tongues either. And so um, in a healthy setting, I think it can actually be a really good thing. But in an unhealthy setting, I think it can be actually detrimental. During your prayer time, I think it can actually be a good thing. So it's like, you're going to go home, you can tell your parents, Josh is telling us to speak in tongues, he's falling off the wagon. No, I actually think it, I think it can be a really good thing. And between you and your, your intimacy with the Lord, but that's between you and him. And I think also even prayerfully reading through 1 Corinthians 14 could bring a lot of clarity to that. Because we only read a small portion of it. Paul goes pretty in depth on the more intimate side of it when it's just you and the Lord. Amen. Focus, and your focus is to be led by the Spirit. And I can't remember if it's, if it's in that chapter about the gifts of the Spirit, but Paul talks about if, if um, what was it, if your gift is prophecy, let you like prophesy. Mm -hmm. of whatever. You know that verse I'm talking about? And I think it was like, if prophecy, let them prophesy. Yeah, I was talking about the spiritual gifts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any anyway. spiritual gift, use it. Right. Like, basically, yeah. it's like, ask the Lord to lead you. And do what he tells you to do, whether that's your spiritual gift is to pray in tongues or to prophesy or be a servant. Totally. You know, it's not about, oh, can I, can I do this like crazy thing that's totally. like only done by the Spirit? It's like, are you listening to Jesus? Because that, at the end of the day, is what's important. It's like, are you being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit and doing what he tells you to do, whether that's literally as simple as just having joy throughout your day that might not be a joyful day. You know? Totally. Yeah, and even like, I don't know, I've, any of you guys been in there when Mary Ann will start yes. speaking at the end of a yes. message? Yes. Yeah. Love Mary Ann. And she does it in the right context though. There's a quiet time and all of a sudden she'll speak out something that she really feels the Lord has put on her heart. I'll be honest, some of the stuff she said is like dead on in my life. And so I, I do not question at all like, is she just doing an attention grab or something like that. I think the Lord is really speaking into her and she feels that out of obedience, I need to speak this out. Guys, if I wasn't on the stage, because you guys are like, You're, you talk to people all the time. If I was on the stage, I wouldn't do that. Like that is so foreign to me, just like speaking out in a group like that. And so, um, yeah, but it's a, it's an act of obedience. You know, walking out in that. To do I'm some sorry. Of this. I was just gonna say, it's so easy to get very opinionated about people that, that worship in a charismatic way when you haven't been raised that way. Totally. But really what you need to do is just put your focus back on yourself and the Lord and Amen. say, what do you have me to learn in this? Like, totally. Am I 
not allowing myself to be free in you or, you know, like it was really offended my parents when I used to raise my hands in church. Totally. And I'm like over that now. Mm-hmm. Like it's just how I feel complete in worshiping and giving my all and feeling like that's my connection and my praise. But it is, but my parents didn't grow up that way. I don't think it's personal of them. I think they, my mom used to like pull my arms down. And I, I'm not talking bad about her. I'm just saying for her, it was such a different experience than what she grew up with. But I think what we have to do is check ourselves and say, where, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because the group is doing this? Or am I doing this because I feel called mm. to worship the Lord in this way? And really know so that you're not just following the crowd. Because if you are just following the crowd, you're not being authentic. Mm. And therefore, you are misleading. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to know your own personal relationship with the Lord and where you're going to act. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and I think that's a good word, too, just saying, like, what can I learn from somebody else? You know, and I think there can be healthy things, but always, always, always bring it back to the Bible mm-hmm. and say, what does the Bible have to say about this? You know, when terms get, start getting thrown around, like slain in the spirit, like, what is that? And I, I don't think that's in the Bible. I don't know. Huh? I don't know of that anywhere, but I hear that getting, get thrown around. But then I hear of things where it is like, lift your hands. It says in the Bible, like, raise holy hands unto the Lord. That's not a bad thing. You know, and so that's, that's something that's actually, we see in scripture. And so we can back it up and say, okay, this is, this is beneficial. This is orderly. This is something that God has put in place. And yeah, what's edifying to the whole body and not just me showboating or something. some of the people that have come from older generations, that that is disruptive Mm. to what is taking place and you're drawing attention to yourself in comparison. So it's not that it's being, I think that when there's people who don't agree with it or do agree with it, everybody just needs to respect, you know, like there's just a boundary for, for it all. I don't think that people who don't like it intentionally I just think we need to be really careful the environment we're in and then are we fully being before the Lord. Totally. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah as, as someone who gets distracted very easily, it, it is something like you're saying, like, I just have to, like, bring it back to me and Jesus. Because, mm-hmm. like, if someone is doing something, like, that, that's just, like, not necessarily just being I don't know how to say this. Anyway. Bold. Bold. In sure. Worship. Right. Not just that, but like more like the people that come in with tambourines. Like that just drives like me crazy. And I have to remember like this is not about me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not about Jesus. Me. it's not about me. And if they want to worship Jesus with a freaking tambourine, <laughs> like I can't. Like, oh well. Like I have to worship Jesus too. Yes. And so as One of my biggest I, nightmares, by the way, guys. An authorized tambourine is third row, third row. Take the shot. Take the shot. <laughs> You hurt. <laughs> can, can like irk me. I I can't let it. I have to bring it back to Jesus, and it, it's um yeah, like you said, it's about just me and the Lord. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, let's go ahead and pray. I know that we're a little bit past time, but Lord, we do. We pray that tonight, that God, you'd help us to understand, understand this passage, understand these things that you want to teach us whether that's tongues, whatever way you've gifted us, whether that's prophecy. Lord, I know that each person in this room that you've given us gifts. And so, Lord, I ask that one, you give us clarity on what those are. But Lord, how can we use them for you and for your glory? Lord, I think of this gift specifically that it says 
that they were actually hearing the mighty works of God through this happening. And so, Lord, I, I just even pray that as we're using our gifts, as we're wanting to point people towards you, that, God, it would just continually make you the focus. That, Lord, make your name great. And, Lord, I just ask, um, also, just like, I think, any fear or animosity or anything towards what churches are doing differently, Lord, that's, that's not my heart. Lord, we know that's not your heart. But, God, I do pray that in wisdom, that, God, you lead us and guide us. Lord, that we just want to stay true to your word. And so, Lord, I ask that tonight, um, God, that you just even reveal more of your character to us through this. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southeast Students Podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find out more online by visiting our website at ccseportland.com. Hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you later. Peace. Thank you.